I know that you've heard this during those mindset sessions uh, that you get with your coaches, life coaches, business coaches, whatever. And while I think their heart's in the right place, I do think maybe they've got it a bit wrong because when you hear stuff like, you've got to step out of your ego, that is your ego talking. And don't let your ego get in the way of your dreams. Mm, I feel like we kind of misalign the ego unnecessarily. We we misalign it and we malign it, right? We kind of treat it badly when we shouldn't. But what if I told you that ignoring your ego is the surest way to make sure it's still going to trip you up later? What if I told you the key was to make a better ego? Let's get into it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. I am really excited about this topic because it actually came up with my business coach. We were talking about one of the new offers that I was developing, one of the new options, right, to work with me. And we were kind of rolling on this topic where I was like, it was just making me not mad exactly, but a little frustrated at what I felt were misunderstandings with regard to the ego. And that's what she said. She said, this sounds like a really good content topic for you. And I'm like, oh, you're not kidding. I should do uh, a podcast episode. I was like, "Mm, what should I call that podcast episode? I was like, "Ooh, I know what I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it stop shitting on your ego. And she laughed. Because of course, right? That sounds like me. If you listen to more than one of my podcast episodes, if you've heard, you know, watch a TikTok or something, you know, that that topic sounds very much like me. So what we're going to dive in today, we're going to talk about, you know, what the ego is, what it's not, and just, you know, kind of looking at, you know, some of the things that we can, you know, do on our own, some of the things we might need help with. And of course, you know me, I'm going to, you know, get authentic with you and and share probably one of the best examples that I can and, and, you know, in terms of like handling some of these ego stories. So in terms of looking at what the ego even is based on, and again, you know, everything, you know, take what works for you, leave behind what doesn't. But based on my research, based on my life experience, I've, I've come to the definition that the ego is the tool that consciousness uses to interact and interpret the realm of time and space. So in quantum science, they call it the realm of actuality because there are two realms, the realm of potentiality. And that's like the realm of transcendence, right? And then just real quick, in that realm, that realm of potentiality, there is no time, there is no space. Everything exists all at the same time. Like it's beyond human comprehension, really, because we've never experienced anything like that. But then the other realm is the realm that we live all the time, which is the realm of actuality. And so everything that happens here first existed as a possibility in the realm of transcendence or the realm of potentiality. The biggest thing I think that we make the mistake of, we make the mistake 
of forgetting that we are a soul, we are consciousness, and that we have an ego. We think we have a soul and are the ego. Like the, e- like the soul is just this untouchable type of thing. You know what I mean? And so I think this is why so many people, like when they imagine going to the afterlife, they're essentially themselves, i.e. their ego, which they've over-identified with, but without a body, right? Like that's why we're like, oh, you're a ghost. So you look like yourself, but you're a translucent. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not what that means. So your ego, for the most part, develops in response to something that you didn't get or didn't feel like you got as a kid. And your ego continues to evolve with your experiences. Now, the ego is the sum of our conditioning and like our personality, which is, again, developed in response to those things we feel like we didn't get. And initially, this evolution is very much unconscious, right? Like you're a child. And so children, when they're first born, are incredibly in touch with the realm of potentiality and and in touch with consciousness and like what Dr. Goswami likes to call the quantum self, right? Children are very much identified with that. But as they get older, they become more steeped in this realm, the realm of time and space. And so they begin to develop an ego. That's why babies are, for the most part, babies are just babies. You might have a baby that you feel is a little more happy and a baby that's a little more sad or whatever. But, you know, for the most part, babies are babies. But as they get older, there's more variations, right? Like you can have a toddler that you're like, that toddler is just fearless. And then you got another toddler who's like, no, I'm not doing that. You know, so the ego begins to develop at that time. And it's it's unconscious. You're unaware of it. But eventually you reach a point where you can intentionally observe your ego in action and actually start to make willful choices, creative choices regarding your behavior. So when you're operating solely out of your ego, though, you could go through your day not making a single conscious, creative or willful choice. Everything would be based on your past memories. And that is what you're playing through. So you're not actually living in the here and now you're living in the summation of what came before this moment. And so that's why. And and I'm not saying, you know, conditioning is all bad because that's what your ego is, right? Your ego is the sum of your conditioning. And then, like I said, some of those other things you identify with your personality and whatnot. But, you know, it's convenient for me, like on my conditioning to, you know, make coffee, although I can turn making coffee into a mindful experience, you know, driving my car to get to work. That's why you can drive your car to work and not remember the drive. (laughs) It's your conditioning. And again, that's not inherently bad, although you can turn driving your car to work into a mindful activity. You just have to be present, right? And actually see it for itself in that moment and find those different bits and pieces and things to focus on the beauties in the moment, the differences, the uniqueness in the moment. You can turn it into a mindful activity, but that's conditioning. And that's the scary part, I think, is that I think the vast majority of people do operate this way. They operate solely out of conditioning nearly 100 percent of the time, which one would have to argue, does that make you even like better than an animal who's, you know, we consider animals to be, you know, slaves or chained to their instincts, unable to make other choices. Right. So quantum principles show us that because we can observe things We can observe the things we believe make up our ego and thus ourselves because we've over identified with the ego. Remember, so because we can observe those things like thoughts, emotions, expression patterns and whatnot, we're actually not those things. Right. Because that's the you know, the of your your subject and your object. So if I can say that I feel I feel really sad right now, I am the subject and the object of that sentence is my sadness. Right. Which means I am not sadness. But 
oftentimes, especially with the lower vibrating emotions, we can over identify with them. Anger is another one. Like we just get so steeped in that anger. And then, you know, maybe you throw something or, you you know, you scream or, you know, you say something you don't mean. And honestly, I think it'd be you'd be better off screaming as long as you're not like screaming at children. But like to say something you don't mean. Right. Like what if you get super mad and you're just like, oh, like you just get on my nerves so bad. I don't even want you here anymore. Like those are things that are really hurtful and you can apologize for them. You can apologize for them, but you can't take them back. Right. And this is where our self-awareness can help us stay, you know, help with self-management. And that's part of emotional intelligence. But to help you not say those things that you then wish you could take back, not do those things that you wish you could undo. And that's where your self-awareness helps. But because you can, in fact, observe those things. And sometimes if you if you do find yourself getting really lost in your emotions and and it all it happens to me, too, like it happens to all of us. But if you find yourself getting lost in your emotions, it's because you've over identified with them. You're overly identified with those emotions. And so when you can take a deep breath. Oh, yes. Talking about the breath. Take a deep breath. Separate yourself from the situation. Give yourself some space to think about it. You might wait. I'm feeling very in this emotion right now. I feel like I am this emotion right now. And I'm definitely not. I am not anger. I'm not sadness. I'm I'm not irritation. Right. That allows you to step back and you can observe it. Why did I get so mad? And then we could do things like explore stories, which we'll get to in a second. But when we do overly identify with our thoughts and our emotions, our our material items, our wealth or lack thereof, we lose our true nature and connection to consciousness, source, the divine, God, whatever name you want to call it. When we over identify with things that are not us, we lose our connection to that source. So I want to move into talking about how the ego is treated in the entrepreneur space. <laughs> and again, I, and none of these things I think are inherently malicious. I just think that they're due to a misunderstanding, which is why I'm making this podcast episode. So the next time I see it, I can copy and paste the link in the comments or wherever it is that I'm seeing it and be like, hey, so I'd love to hear your take on what I presented here because I, I think you're kind of misunderstanding the nature of the ego. But we've heard it all before, right? You got to step out of your ego. That's your ego talking or don't let your ego get in the way of your dreams, right? As if the ego is something that you can just take off and chuck to the side willfully. Uh, There's that word again, willfully. But you can't. If consciousness did not need the ego to interact and interpret the realm of time and space to actualize or collapse potentialities to collapse possibilities into the realm of time and space, then it wouldn't have made it and it would have just stayed in the realm of potentiality. Because remember, that's the nature of consciousness. And our egos allow us to understand things like the flow of time and memory and whatnot. So if we didn't actually need it, we wouldn't have it. Let's be real. You know, because people like to say, well, God doesn't make mistakes. Consciousness doesn't make mistakes. Source does not make mistakes. So if they didn't, then the ego is something that you're supposed to have. And with it being something that you're supposed to have, it does not have to be this ball and chain around your neck. It does not have to be this cross that you have to bear. The ego is a tool of consciousness. So if there's something wrong with it, then fix it. Don't ignore it. Take the time. Sit with yourself. Figure out what happened and and fix it. And, and, you know, we'll talk about this here in a second. Some things we can fix and some things we can't on our own. And sometimes we just need help and that's fine. But we're about to talk about that. But, you know, I've I've been majoring in psychology. So during my psychology studies, I've come to realize that 
all of it is actually a study of the ego. Like it's supposed to be the study of the mind, but psychology ignores consciousness for the most part, you know, because they don't want to deal with that. So psychological work, you know, seeing a therapist, seeing a psychologist, something like that, that actually helps you repair your ego. And as a result, it helps your consciousness better interact and interpret here in the realm of actuality, the realm of time and space. So the only way that I'm aware of to be actually rid of your ego is to like reach nirvana or transcendence, but that's not even permanent. Like spiritual ecstasy can last for moments, minutes, hours, days, whatever, you know, where you're experiencing that transcendent state. And like they can, you know, assess like your brain waves and stuff. They have like, they've mapped out certain brain states to certain like brain frequencies, like the waves that your brain is putting off, but it's not permanent. And so you end up kind of coming back to, the the here and now. And of course, we've got, you know, outliers, you know, from various spiritual traditions that have been, you know, doing this for thousands of years. But for the vast majority of us, we may reach a point of spiritual ecstasy, but we we come back. Right. And we have we we are back with the ego. And finally, I just want to kind of close this episode with talking about, you know, like I mentioned, some things we can handle and some things we can't. And what I mean is some things in terms of like kind of fixing our ego and making it, again, more of a tool for us to use. Like conditioning is habit. Conditioning is based off of your experiences and in the habits that you cultivate. So if the habit is to go to the gym, let's I'm just using a basic example. If the habit is to go to the gym and, you know, you're getting fit and stuff, you're taking care of yourself, that's a good habit to have. That would be a good thing to do on autopilot, you know, as long as you got good form and stuff. But what I mean by autopilot is at least going to the gym, right? Because you want to have a mindful workout so you don't hurt yourself. Anyway, but a bad habit would be I've come home from work and I kind of mindlessly grab alcohol to drink, not because I'm enjoying my alcohol, like with a meal or really being mindful in my consumption of it. But my habit to de-stress is to drink alcohol, right? That would be a bad habit that's detrimental to your health, right? So that's, so it's the same with the ego. Our ego is compiled, you know, from our experiences and like our personality programs. But the other thing is it's just made up of all of these emotional, mental, and physical habits, right? Like the ways that we respond to things are often very habitual, You can change those habits, which means your ego could then become a positive thing. Again, your ego is the way your consciousness interacts with this particular realm of time and space. So some things we can work through and, you know, we can kind of use our mindfulness and self-awareness and we can kind of begin to observe the things, you know, that we previously identified with or observe the things that are results or related to stories that we didn't realize we were telling ourselves. So for example, after I got out of the army, I became a federal contractor and I discovered that I experienced anxiety when I was alone with military men, particularly while they were in uniform. And this is because, and I've talked about this a lot, you know, so you don't have to email me asking me if I'm okay, but I've done interviews on it. And so I was, I was sexually assaulted twice while I was serving in the army. And I discovered that because I was a federal contractor, and again, I had to work through this story and discover what was informing these these feelings of anxiety. And it it happened a lot in the elevator. So if there was like a military guy in the elevator, I would get out or I would get off if I was the only person with him. And again, like it'd be people I didn't even know. And, you know, it took me a while to even fight the anxiety when it was with people I did know. But 
it came from the fact that I was now in civilian clothes and I felt like I did not have my my uniform, my rank to protect me or to let people know like, hey, this is Staff Sergeant Bowles and she will kick your teeth in and be sure to drag you up to the commander if you do anything at all inappropriate. (laughs) And I didn't realize that that was one of the ways that I viewed my rank and my status within the military while I was serving. It protected me. You know, and and, and not, again, it was just a story. So please do again, don't message me about whether or not that's true. I know that these types of things happen to everyone. I know that probably better than most. But my point is, is that we can work to understand the stories we tell ourselves and the stories that we operate out of. So the awareness means we make the willful choice to do something different instead of operating out of our conditioned ego. So I still experienced anxiety when I got into the elevator, but I was aware of it. I was conscious of it. I I, I was gracious and, and gentle with myself, but I still got on the elevator because that's not how I wanted to live my life. So we can create new conditioning, which means that we can make a better ego. So stop shitting on the ego you have and focus on how you can develop and continue to evolve your ego so it actually is an authentic expression of your consciousness. But some things we need help on. Traumas being the prime example. So I needed to go talk to somebody when I was working through the assaults themselves, right? I I needed to uh, talk to people when, you know, other things in my life popped up and happened. And and maybe you need to go talk to someone too. And the point is, is that it hurts to revisit those serious hurts, you know, and only you can determine what's serious or not. Please do not take into account what other people consider to be serious. If it hurts you and you feel like you just can't face it by yourself, please seek help. Please. It's so much more accessible than it used to be. And and if you feel like you just can't face something, but you know that it's really getting in the way of your like personal development, it's getting in the way of your business growth, then just seek out help. Right. Do it one time and see what happens. Do it for yourself and and do it and see what happens. So that's pretty much the end of this episode. I wanted to talk about this because we got to stop talking about our ego this way. You can hear you. Right. We shouldn't talk about ourselves this way. And the ego is a part of ourselves. It's not something you need to divest yourself of. It is something you actually need to pay more attention to and you need to fix it. Work on it. Get better. But when you have these big professional or personal development leaps, that's not you getting out of your ego. That's you making your ego better. All right. Okay. so that's it. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to this TED Talk. (laughs) I hope you got something out of it. And I'm looking forward to your messages and your comments. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.